What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com. Send messages to the show on Twitter at Go For It Garrett. And while you're there on Twitter at Go For It Garrett, give us a follow. And you can also like us on Facebook, Go For It Garrett, there as well. G O F O R I T G A N T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Chasing Waterfalls, actress Joyful Drake, who will join us. She will discuss and talk. She's going to talk a little NBA playoffs, also talk about Chasing Waterfalls. If you don't know, Joyful Drake was a dancer for the Milwaukee Bucks many, many moons ago. So we're going to talk about that. Talk about her Green Bay Packers, lifelong Green Bay Packers fan. So she's from Milwaukee, and she loves her Packers. Also, we're going to be talking to the man who plays Kevin Durant in the movie, the real MVP, the Wanda Durant story, actor Daniel Bellamy. And Daniel, we'll be talking about the movie, a great movie, powerful movie, great Mother's Day movie. I mean, both of these movies were great Mother's Day movies, and so we're going to be talking to these actors, this actor, Daniel Bellamy, who's going to talk about the Kevin Durant story. Well, I should say the Wanda Durant story, the mother of Kevin Durant, the real MVP. And who could forget that speech many moons ago where Kevin Durant broke down crying and talked about his mom and his sacrifice. So she made a true sacrifice, and that's one of the reasons Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. And it probably helped him last night a little bit, too. Also, Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon McGill will be joining us to talk all things NBA playoffs. And speaking of the NBA playoffs, let's talk about what we saw last night out of OKC. You had a situation, OKC up three games to two, an opportunity to close out the Spurs, Pop and the Spurs 2-10 and ten in those closeout games. And so OKC with a great opportunity to close them out in their building in OKC. You had to do it. You had to get it done. For OKC, it was their game seven. And bottom line, they played like it was their game seven. The hustle, the grit. I mean, Robertson just getting on the ground. And, and no play epitomized that game when Robertson, you know, dove to the ground, took the ball, got the ball and just laid it in there on the break. I mean, he was big time. The, the OKC was big time. Of course, 
You got your two big guys, Durant, who was huge with 37, Westbrook, who was just as huge with 28. I mean, these guys balled out. OKC as a team balled out. And that's why they're moving on. I mean, you, you look at what they did in this series, and we can't dismiss what took place in this series from OKC. They beat a team in a San Antonio Spurs, a, a team that won 67 games. That's a lot of games, a whole heck of a lot of games. So they won, they won 67 games. Oh, by the way, OKC beat them twice in San Antonio. They only lost once. In San Antonio, this whole season. One time. That's it. One time. And then you beat them three straight. Two in San Antonio. OKC coming into this thing, always coming to any game. They have what you call a puncher's chance. And and they have that because I've said this over and over and over again. There are not many teams, if any. I don't think there's any in this league. This is the only team that can trot out two guys where you could say these two guys are possibly top five players. I think what Westbrook has done, if, if, if Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors didn't find a way to win 73 games, and Steph Curry, whose season was absolutely ridiculous, I mean, the guy went up six points per game. He went from, what, 24 points per game to 30. That's huge. That's big. But if there was no such thing as Steph Curry, guess what? Guess what? Russell Westbrook is probably your MVP of the, of the whole league. And, and, and turn, you, you could talk Kawhi Leonard, but for my money, I, I, I'm taking Westbrook. You know, he's a walking triple-double. He's a walking triple-double. And, and the more I think about Westbrook, to me, he's kind of like a a, a, a a scoring version of, of Jason Kidd. That's what he's turned into. He's just a triple-double machine. He, he's dropping dimes. Of course, he's, he's doing some things on the boards. He's doing it all. And, again, there's not too many teams you could say possibly – that has two top five players on their team. OKC, I think, can say that. Well, you could say LeBron, Steph, who's the best between those two. Then after that, you're probably talking Durant and maybe even Westbrook at this point. I mean, you could say that they arguably have two of the top five players in basketball. So when you have that, you always have an opportunity. You always have a chance. And now... They're going to Golden State, a team that they have fourth-quarter leads in all three of those games, a a, a team that took a Steph Curry miracle shot to win one of those games. So this is a team that, you know, can play with with Golden State. This is a team that has the explosiveness to to hang with a Golden State, A, a team with the guard play that can do some things against Golden State. I mean, you got... A Westbrook who can do some things, obviously. Obviously. And, of course, you got KD. And then you got the bigs. Those bigs, I mean, OKC, the depth on this team at this point, with with Kantner giving you big-time minutes, with uh, Foy 
Randy Foy giving you big time minutes. With um, Deion Waiters finally giving you big time minutes. We've been waiting for Deion Waiters to step up, and he's doing it. You know, you're getting minutes from a, from a lot of guys and quality minutes from a lot of guys. You're, these are quality minutes you're getting from guys. Quality minutes from waiters. Quality minutes from Foy. Quality minutes from a lot of players right now. Robinson, Robertson. Quality minutes. Kantner. Quality. And how about Steven Adams? He was huge. He was huge in this series. And OKC, I, I, I want to give credit to a guy that we're about to bring in in a, in a, in a couple months, couple minutes. He said some things to me that was very, very interesting in, in, relation, in relation to the Spurs and also in relation to um, what he saw. And when, when I talked to him last week, we had Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Guild on last week. And he said some things that was very, very interesting to me in, in relation to LaMarcus Aldridge. And I look at LaMarcus Aldridge, and I look at what he did earlier in this series, and then I look at what he did later in this series, where he started off game one, and, and you know, I'm going to give credit to the Marlon Gill right now. In game one, Aldridge had 41. Excuse me, that was game two. Game one, he had 39. And then, you know, Marlon Gill last week said some things that were interesting. He said, he's talking about LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is not used to this type of heavy playoff type. I mean, this is big-time playoff action. Not the Blazers action, but this action right here. This, LaMarcus Aldridge has been to playoffs with the Blazers. But with the Spurs, this is a lot of pressure. This is a 67-win team expected to win this series. Game one and two, Aldridge got off. Since game one and two, he went down. The, the shooting percentage went down. His effectiveness went down, and ultimately the San Antonio Spurs went down. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in now. We're going to bring in a guy who, who talked about this and, and kind of foretold this. I mean, he, he basically said that OKC would probably win this series. Let's bring him in now. Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach Marlon Gill. Marlon. Hey, Paul. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. No, no problem. As always, thanks for having me, man. And, and, and Marlon, you know, let's get right down to it. You you talked about LaMarcus Aldridge last week, and, you know, and, and, and we saw it. I mean, games one and two, he got off. Since then, I mean, the numbers were decent. But it was a drop. He wasn't the same guy after games one and two. You saw this happening. Yeah, you know, and, and this is no knock on LaMarcus uh, as a player. I, I think he, he's a very good player. But, you know, this was a, this was uncharted waters for him. You know, Portland getting to the playoffs, like I said last week, they were just happy to be there. Well, the Spurs, it's a little different. The Spurs going to win the – into the playoffs looking to win championships. And, you know, for a guy like LaMarcus, that, that was his first time going through that. Um, you know, and, and every superstar has been through that point. I mean, you, you look at Tim Duncan when he first got to the Spurs. It took them a while before, or, or two years, excuse me, before he was finally able to, to win a title. Uh, so he, he found out what, what it took. Uh, 
LeBron the same way. And, you know, LaMarcus isn't on those guys' level, but, you know, it, it, it takes a while, you know, until you figure it out. So I, I think this learning experience, like you said, the first couple games, he, he was a stud. And, you know, as last night went on, you almost forgot he was on the Spurs. Uh, you know, Tim Duncan turned back the clock a little bit until Serge Ibaka told him about father time. Um, but I, I think with LaMarcus, I think this experience will help him going into next year for sure. For sure. And you just look at this series, and I said this before you came on, and looking at OKC, we really shouldn't be surprised by what transpired in this series because at the end of the day, they arguably have two of the top five players in the game of basketball, Westbrook, after what he showed in game number five, I mean, he, to me, has solidified himself as probably a top five player. And, of course, Kevin Durant and what he brings to the table. So at the end of the day, should we really be surprised by what transpired in this series? No, uh, because I, I think you, you know what's crazy. You hear everybody talk about the Warriors and, you know, Steph Curry winning MVP uh, you know, Draymond Green stepping up his game. And then you got in the East, everybody's talking about LeBron, Dwayne Wade. If you notice how this year went, nobody said anything about Kevin Durant. And it, it was almost like he was under the radar. And, you know, he, he had his injuries last year and, and things of that nature. Uh, and, you know, he stepped up and did what he needed to do. And it was almost like he was saying, hey, uh, in the words of Dr. Dre and Eminem, yeah, I forgot about Durant, man. You know, everybody had something to say, but uh, everybody forgot about Durant, and he came back and showed people, like, hey, I'm I'm still here. I'm still in this top five uh, that's mentioned in the league, and you guys are going to respect it. And you got to put respect on his name. <laughs> for, sure, for sure, most definitely. And, and you know, uh, to me – you know, it was it just was very interesting. And, and kind of going back to Game 5 and what we saw out of Westbrook in that Game 5, it was funny, you heard Chris Webber saying throughout the course of that game, you know, Westbrook has to be Westbrook, Westbrook has to be Westbrook. And ultimately, he was and became Westbrook in that particular game. The turnovers were high, but you saw a guy who dominated that game and, and basically took that game over. Talk about the player, Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, I... I can't say enough about uh, about Russell's game, man. He's by far stepped up to where you have to mention him in, in the top five category of guys in the league. And, you know, I, I made this post the other night on, on Twitter. It, it, it was a big difference from this year's Russell compared to the Russell Westbrook that we saw in the Memphis Grizzlies series a couple of years ago where people thought he was point-shaving. Uh, and, you know, there, there were some times last night when you would see Durant would tell him to slow down and, you know, Russell just just does Russell sometimes. So, but, you know, you, you got to respect Russell's game. I, I think he's top five in the league for sure. And, and you know what? He might even be the best point guard in the NBA right now. Uh, I don't consider Steph Curry a point guard. You know, he, he's a guard that can handle the ball. But with Russell, Russell can impact the game on the offensive end and the defensive end. And that's the signs of a complete player, uh, I, I think. And he showed that in this series. You know, when times got rough, 
you know, or a good example, like you look at the play last night where the game, the Spurs started to come back a little bit, and Westbrook has a horrendous shot uh, and falls down on the floor on the other end. Spurs are heading back yeah. in transition, and he sprints back and taps the ball from behind to get the steal. Those are winning plays, and I don't think those are plays that he would have made two years ago, three years ago. Uh, and, you know, th- that comes with age and, and maturity as you move on in, in the league, man, that you know what it takes to win. And I think that's what we're seeing from Westbrook right now. For sure. And, and it was funny after it was a game number, it was a game three, where he took the 31 shots. He pretty much said he had to do better, and he was better the rest of the way, I mean, including last night and just throughout. I mean, obviously, what what a performance by Westbrook, what a performance by Durant. And just what a performance by the OKC Thunder. I mean, they, they really turned this series around. And, and, and the impressive part, to, impressive part to me is you beat San Antonio two times in their building, and San Antonio has only lost once throughout this whole season in their building. So uh, I, OKC was just very, very impressive in this series. We're talking to Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach Marlon Gill. And, and Marlon, obviously OKC, they're going to play the Golden State Warriors. We 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 know the season series. OKC lost three games to nothing, but in each of those three games, they have fourth quarter leads, and for my money, easily could have won all three of those games. Going into this series, I mean, it, it, it is Golden State. I I, I think we got to say Golden State's the favorite, but can OKC win this series? I think the answer is yes, but can they win it? I think they can. Uh, right now, you know, it, it's like they knocked the bully out in the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, that was always the hump to get over. Uh, I think it for OKC. Uh, and, and, you know, they were able to do that and do it convincingly. So I think now going into this series with the Warriors, just a lot of confidence. And, you know, I think basketball nowadays, man, it's, uh, if you have 80% confidence and swag, you, you can you can be effective and, and win a game. And I think the way that they're playing right now, you know, you have to say that they do have a chance to win. And it sounds crazy. I think they will. Uh, I got them winning it in seven. Wow. I mean, it it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, just the way this team is played. And, And like I said before, they have two of the top five players in basketball. And there's not anybody in the league that can say that. I mean, so, it, it wouldn't be a surprise, and it would be fun. This series is going to be fun. I was I was wishing and hoping for this series, and, and I got it. And I, I'm excited, man. This is going to be an absolute fun series. I can't wait for it to go down uh, starting on Monday. Let, let me ask you this. You know, we and, and speaking of Steph Curry, we, we got T-Mac coming out, making some comments, talking about, you know, Steph Curry, you know, he's unanimous MVP, and, and talking about the NBA being so watered down. To, to me – I don't know how anybody can take anything away from Steph Curry in this year. I mean, this year was, was special. You win 73 games. You up your, your points per game by six. I mean, come on. There's there's not many players who do that. I mean, you went from MVP the one year that you did it, you did it, and then you come back the next year and you were even better and you got the MVP. What do you think of T-Max comments and, and saying that the league is watered down? Uh, I don't think it's a watered-down league, I think what you're seeing is just a change of the times. Uh, you know, I, I think the players today 
are better than the players of years past. Uh, but now, with, with that being said, you know, the, the players of yesteryear were tougher. Uh, so, you know, and, and it wasn't as buddy-buddy as it is now. Um, right. You know, so I, I think, you know, so when you say watered down, you factor you factor those things in, into play. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's watered down. I, I, I think individually, talent, there's more talent now. Uh, but it's just with, you know, so much parity, you know, and now – with that guy's joining forces and, you know, uh, you and I used to talk about this stuff all the time, man. If, if I was a good player and you were a good player, we weren't trying to join forces, man. We were trying to play against each other and rip each other's heads off. Uh, so I, I think that's really what you're seeing now, just uh, a, a change of the times with uh, the players today. You know, everybody's better than before and they want to play together and things of that nature. Nobody wants to commit a hard foul. I mean, you look at the foul that Russell Westbrook gave Danny Green last night, and they called it a flagrant foul. I'm like, come yeah. on, you know, the, the, the Knicks of the '90s, that was a regular foul. So, <laughs> you know, it's just a change of the times. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it just comes with the territory. But like I said, I don't think that the year that he had, what he did, it was it was big time. And I don't think anybody can criticize what Steph Curry brought to the table. Before we get you out of here, we, we got Miami, uh, Toronto tonight. Toronto want an opportunity to close Miami out in Miami. Do they get it done, or do we see a seventh game in Toronto? Toronto will not get it done. We will see a game seven. Uh, like my son's here telling me he needs help. I think Toronto's going to need help. Uh, <laughs> just from a lot of standpoints, you know, it, it's very similar to the LaMarcus Aldridge thing. This is the first time that they've been in this situation you know, yeah, I know they were in a game seven in their last series against Indiana, but now you're facing guys that are proven. You know, Dwayne Wade's proven. Uh, you know, he steps up in these situations. He, he proved it in their last series. Uh, he's doing it again this series. Um, you know, I, I think losing Whiteside almost helps them. Now, I, I know that sounds crazy, but now they're able to play smaller. And with Miami playing smaller, it's harder for the Raptors' front court guys to guard them. So, like, you'll see maybe Biombo will get a block, but it's coming from behind because the guys are so much quicker. You know, just the small ball is just a lot more effective. Uh, And then it'll also be interesting to see if DeMar Carroll plays. And, you know, that wrist injury, when I first saw it, I I thought he was probably done for the series or the rest of the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can give it a go. I think uh, for as good as DeMar DeRozan played the other night, I'm still not <laughs> sold on him yet. For for some reason, I don't know what it is. I'm just not sold on him, you know, getting them over that hump. And you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. You know, my, my guy JT, Jason Thompson's over there on the Raptors uh, roster. So I'm hoping they can prove me wrong, but – you know, Miami's just proven, and they've been in these situations. And, you know, Wade's not going to let his guys just fold that easily. For sure, and it should be fun to see what happens tonight. Marlon, I'll let you get back to your kids. I know you love your kids, and that's very, very important to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you get back to them. Pleasure having you, man. 
Nothing but the best. Can't wait to do it again. No problem. As always, thanks for having me, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Marlon Guild, Rider University assistant basketball coach, and he, he really predicted this outcome in a lot of ways and, and, you know, talked about LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, going through those deep waters. And then, you know, it's one thing to do it with Portland where no one really gives you much of an opportunity and much of a chance. and another thing to do it when you are the favorite and, and people are looking to you to get it done as one of the favorites. And, and you look at the way San Antonio went down. I mean, it, you know, I, I think – at the end of the day, San Antonio won 67 games. easily could have won 70 games. Very good basketball team. But you wonder at this point. You, you wonder now, first-round exit against the Clippers last year. Chris Paul hit that amazing shot. And then now this exit, uh, second round against OKC. You, you don't know what the future holds with Ginobili and uh, Tim Duncan at this point. But I think, you know, you're going to have to figure out some things, maybe at the point guard position in terms of Tony Parker. I mean, he's obviously – he's not the same guy. I mean, he, he has his moments. But, you know, Westbrook got the better of that matchup. So you got to think about that situation a little bit. Find the heir apparent. Maybe it's Patty Mills. Maybe it's not. But find somebody, an heir apparent of some sort. I mean, Ginobili, he gave you okay minutes. But he's, he's obviously not the same player. Um, maybe Kevin Martin can, can fill in and be that guy at some point. Um, a, but they have some decisions to make. Obviously, this is LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard's team at this point in time. This is their team. And, and so you wonder, being that it is their team, whether or not these guys can keep moving this thing forward. And, and they did move it forward. I mean, 67 wins is a, is a lot of wins, what Golden State had last season. So they have moved this thing forward. But now, in terms of – can you move it forward to that next level? And that next level is getting back to the NBA Finals and winning an NBA Finals. The, obviously, this is not Tim Duncan's team no more. Obviously, this is not Tony Parker's team no more. It's not. It's not their team anymore. And so now you have to figure out what's next. What is next for the San Antonio Spurs and uh, again, Tony Parker averaged only 12 points last five games. Only 12 points in this, uh, you know, in this series. So it, it hasn't been an impressive run for Tony Parker in this second round. And so now you, you, you have to think about some things. And, and and you know, Tony Parker, 33 years old, 33, a Hall of Famer, no doubt a Hall of Famer. Ginobili, a Hall of Famer. And, of course, Tim Duncan, a Hall of Famer. I think Tim Duncan still can play a little bit. He wasn't. He, he turned back the clock a little bit last night. But, you know, it was almost too – it was not almost. It was too little, too late. He did turn the clock back a little bit. And that was, that was nice to see. And that, that, that's a testament to Tim Duncan. That's, that's a testament to a guy – who, you know, is, is going to grind out, who's going to a, – a champion, a true champion, greatness personified. It don't get none greater than Tim Duncan. But the greatness of Tim Duncan is no more. And, and like Marlon said, you know, he, he got a rude awakening. You know, he was turning back the clock and turning back the clock, and then Serge Ibaka reminded him 
of what time it was. He reminded him what time it was. But Tim Duncan, 40 years old at this point in time, if he comes back ultimately, he will be 41 when the season ends. You would like to see him get a, a nice little uh, tour, retirement tour. Obviously, he's not going to be to the level of Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant kind of transcended sports. Tim Duncan is not Kobe Bryant. doesn't have the same type of personality that transcends sports. But Tim Duncan, you know, in, in, in the NBA circles and, you know, in sports in general, is a beast, is a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest to have ever done it, one of the greatest to have ever done it. But he has a decision to make. Ginobili has a decision to make, and the Spurs have to continue to try to get better. And how about David West? David West walked away from, what, $10, $11 million to be a part of the Spurs and to try to have an opportunity to win a championship. You commend him from the standpoint of you, you tried to get it done, but at the same time, you wonder from the same standpoint that you commend him, you wonder, like, wow, dude, that's $10 million. You're at the back end of your career. Maybe you felt like you made enough money. Maybe you have. And, and you know, you David West has made a boatload of money in this league. But, my goodness, it's, it's very difficult at, you know, David West's age to make up the kind of money that he essentially gave away. 35. 35. And he gave away $10, 11000000 million. Whew. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. He's not making that up. There's not a $10 million contract for David West out there. You never know, but I I don't see it. I don't – it's not out there. This is a guy – wow. The career David West has had is great. Good. Had a very good career. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money to give away. And, you know, we can commend people for for giving away that type of money, for trying to win and all the other stuff. But my thing is, goodness gracious, you can't get that back. And, you know, we we can talk about, you know, everybody plays to win championships and all the other good stuff, great stuff. That sounds good. Sounds very good. But my goodness, you play the game to get money, too. Ultimately to get money, more so to get money. I don't know, man. He went for it. It didn't work out for him. Life is a gamble. You gambled and you failed. You lost. And you wonder now, David West, does he does he come back? You know, what do they do with, with David West? And, and man, wow. That, 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 that's just a heck of a pay cut to take. That's a heck of a pay cut to take, man. You you took that type of pay cut, that type of haircut. That's a, that that's big. That's big. And, and wow. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward with the Spurs. I mean, he agreed to a minimum contract, a minimum contract, a minimum contract, one point four million. Obviously, a lot of money for all of us. But gee. million player option. He said no to. My, my, my. One year, 1.4 million. And you wonder if the Spurs will give another opportunity. 
You wonder what happens with David West. Maybe he needs to go sign with Cleveland LeBron and them. Or maybe it's with Stephen and they have an opening for him. But, geez, on to the next. And we're, we're going to stick with the Kevin Durant talk right now because we're going to bring in a guy who starred in the Kevin in the Wanda Durant movie, the real MVP, actor Daniel Bellamy, who's going to be joining us any moment now. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of the real MVP, the Wanda Durant story, the mother of Kevin Durant. Let's bring him in, actor Daniel Bellamy. Daniel, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, Daniel, you said to me off air that you play a little basketball yourself, and obviously in this movie you play the great Kevin Durant, first and foremost. Yeah. How was it playing Kevin Durant? How was it playing KD? I mean, you know, it was such an honor to play Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant won. You know, we all know he's an amazing basketball player. But more importantly, his character is even more amazing, his person. I mean, he's just hes amazing, gentle, humble. I mean, hes I think he is, you know, the all-American idea athlete, you know, that everybody would look up to. Um, it was, so it was just amazing playing, you know. Now, did you get a chance to meet and, and, you know, hang out and talk to Kevin Durant at all? I actually did not. I hung out with more of his mom because he was, Okay. Um, I believe he was um, in the playoffs while we were filming and then definitely right. now. So I haven't actually got a chance to meet him yet. <laughs> I mean, but of course right. I've watched all his videos and all of okay. his off-season stuff. And, I mean, so I feel like I know him, but I haven't met him yet. <laughs> it's weird. So was that... <laughs> You know, looking at the videos and looking at some of the various things, is that what helped you prepare for this particular role? Yeah, definitely. I mean, because, um, you know, you it's just Kevin Durant is a megastar. And it was like once I got cast as a Kevin Durant, I was like, well, I'm seeing this man everywhere. Like, walking down the street, seeing him, sitting in the restaurant, seeing him on TV, sitting at the bar, <laughs> seeing him on TV. But, um, yeah, I, I watched the YouTube videos. I watched his off-season documentaries. I watched... I mean, I followed him on Instagram and was going through all his pictures, okay. you know, just trying to feel, you know, you know, kind of meet this man um, through <laughs> through technology. Um, right. And one of the one of the great things I, I think I was really able to he really resonated with me because I played basketball growing up, and I was also the tall, gentle giant, you know. So okay. uh, I kind of knew. Uh, I just I guess I feel like I just kind of understood who he was, you know. Did, did you feel like you nailed it? Um, you know, this is my this was my first uh, television debut, and I felt pretty confident about you know okay. just uh, my portrayal of him. I would hope people thought would think so too, but right. <laughs> you know, um, I felt good about it. It was exciting to see um, the story come together. I mean, Cassandra, the lady who played uh, Wanda, his mom, was amazing. Dell's wife was so um, inspiring, and she's such a help on set. So, I mean, it was it was an awesome experience. We're talking to one of the stars of the real MVP, the Wanda Durant story. We're talking to Kevin Durant himself. Well, at least the guy who plays Kevin Durant, actor Daniel Bellamy. And, and Daniel, you talked about his mom being on set. Talk about, yeah. uh, you know, Wanda Durant and, and, and meeting her and, you know, interacting with her. What was it like? Oh my God, Wanda Durant! She is an amazing person. I mean, if you were, if anybody is questioning like her 
and having a movie about herself. I mean, she's really an amazing person. And you can just see when you meet her, the love and the gratefulness and appreciation, like, oozing out of her every second. I mean, she was so motivational and inspiring. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean she's amazing. I mean, you, you can see it. You can uh, meet her and see why they made a movie about her experience. And, I, and I'm, I'm wishing her all the best. Now, how did this role come about for you? I auditioned for it. Okay. Yeah, auditioned for it. You know, I'm out here auditioning, and um, you know, uh, I got that part, so <laughs> they cast me in it. <laughs> so, when, when you auditioned for this particular role, did you feel like you nailed it during the audition? Did I feel like I nailed it during the audition? I mean, you know. You really, you really never know. I mean, you just go in there, kind of do your thing. You practice. I mean, as an artist, it's just like you, you kind of just do you. You know, you do you, and you, uh, you just do your best. You know, it's, it's a craft, and you just have to have discipline and focus on your art, and uh, lift it up to God. You know what I'm saying? And and right. and pray and know that He'll bless you. <laughs> and He for did. Sure. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Time roll for you. And, and let me ask you this. You, I, I read in earlier interviews where you talked about Kevin Durant's character, how much it resonated with you. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I also come from a single-parent family home, okay. and I was placed in, um, you know, on AAU team, basketball teams, you know, because it was a way for my mom to um, keep us out of trouble and also – give us something tangible to kind of work with. You know, I, I see basketball, particularly in the movie, it kind of plays as an instrument to bring out the greatness in her sons because both of them were playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like this, uh, this might be too kind of avant-garde, but it was kind of like bas- you see, seeing basketball as kind of like a ritual where you try to, you know, bring out the best, bring out the greatest in your sons. I feel like a lot of inner city families, you know, use, you know, sports, especially black families, use mm-hmm. basketball, football to try to, you know, um, kind of uh, assist them in bringing their, upbringing their child, you know. And so sure. I, could, I could definitely resonate with that story of, you know, uh, using basketball, and I can resonate with, Kevin Durant being this gentle, humble, um, giving person. I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's, he's just an all-star, you know? For sure, for sure. We're talking to one of the stars of the real MVP, the Wanda Durant story, actor Daniel Bellamy. And, you know, let's talk about Daniel Bellamy, the basketball player. How good were you, man? Oh, you said what? How good were I- you? How good was I? I mean, we had to. I wasn't Kevin Durant, so <laughs> you know, on the set, I was like, okay, well, I know why Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, and I was, I made sure they know, like, I'm play basketball, but I'm not Kevin Durant. Okay, he's MVP right. for a reason. Um, but you know, I made a couple. I made some shots. You know, every shot that you saw in the movie, if you've seen it, um, I made it. So. He didn't okay. have to do any of those shots where, uh, you know, you, you shoot the ball and then it cuts to the basket and it goes in. All you right. know those shots I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly the shots if, talks about. Yeah, cause when they do those shots, that means the person didn't – he couldn't make any of them. So okay. they didn't have to do that, so that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the shots that went in were legit? 
Yeah, they were legit, you know. All right, all right, all right. So, yeah. I mean, you said obviously you didn't make it to the Kevin Durant level, but, you know, you how far did you go with basketball? Um, I played basketball up through, through middle school and high school, AAU. I played basketball up to maybe about the senior, my senior year. I stopped and was like, no, I'm going to take um, being an artist, an actor, um, serious or something, what I wanted to do. I mean, I love basketball, and I played it because uh, I believe I was good, but um, it's just something that personally I didn't want to spend day in and day out, you know, practicing. For me, right. you know, um, okay. I had different things in store. So you liked it, but you didn't really love it. Yeah, I liked it. I was like, I was like one of those, you know, I had all my, all my, you know, basketball teammates. They were, they were the guys who were, you know, who be playing basketball when they wake up, basketball when they go to sleep, basketball in the street. Basketball. I was like, you know, I play, I play, I play. Okay, I'm tired. I'm like, I gotta go sit down. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go to, I gotta go to quiet practice. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm six foot five. Six five. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm I'm reading here. Kevin Durant says when he's talking to women, he tells them that he's seven foot. So do, oh. you, do, you, do you tell <laughs> yeah. your women I'm, anything me, different? I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> do you tell your women anything different? I mean, you're nah, six I five. Can't do that six you five. You know, six you five. Just... I think is a sexy height. You know, six six is six five. You know, six four is good. It's impressive. Six six. I think it's pushing it, you know, it's kind of, it's, okay. it's out there. 6'5", it's like 6'5", like, you know, it's like a, it's noble, you know. You know, being 5'8", myself, you know, I kind of wish I was 6'5", <laughs> man. I wouldn't mind being 6'5", that's, that's a decent height. Hey, we come, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're making me jealous right now. Hey, 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 we, you know, we all, we all have our guests. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what, what's next for you, man? I mean, obviously you got this role, which was a big role for you. What's next for Daniel Bellamy? What's next? Well, I've been in New York for well, it'll be a year on June first. Um, I moved out here after school, and right, right away, I was working in the industry uh, as uh, actually an office production assistant which was miserable for me. Um, I was the office production assistant for ABC television show. And then I stopped doing that and I started auditioning. I got a movie in October, November. I was um, filming that hasn't come out yet. Um, and then I, right after that, I got this Kevin Durant movie. And I've been auditioning, 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 auditioning. So, I, you know, something's, something's coming. Don't know where it's coming from, but it's coming. I feel it. And it, it feels good. So we shall see. <laughs> you see, now you—it's funny you said that because I'm looking at a LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn profile now, and I didn't think that was you. It's a production assistant at ABC Television. I didn't think that was you. That's you. Yeah, that's me. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's me. You know, I'm just 24, just you know, trying to try my try myself all over the place. You know, experience and exploring. Um, and Kevin Durant. I mean, this this is an amazing picture to explore. <laughs> For sure. Do you think you yeah. look like KD? You know, I think we definitely could be cousins. You know, <laughs> right? I can see that. I, I think we could that. be cousins. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, I think I think there's a small resemblance. I mean, yep, I think there's a resemblance. I'm definitely wider, more more uh, bigger than him. Uh, okay. Bigger than him, but uh, I think I think there's some resemblance. 
I mean, I've, I've, right. I've, people people have told me that man, y'all look just like I thought that was. I thought I thought you was giving the rap for a minute. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and looking at your picture again, the smile, the smile is is very similar. Yeah, he definitely yeah, passed, yeah. For, passed for his cousin, or even maybe a oh, half brother, yeah. half brother. Yeah, maybe maybe so. so, you know, <laughs> we still got half brother money. <laughs> well, you know, after this. The, the the money might start flowing for you big time. Oh, it's it's, it's absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just this has been such an amazing experience. Like I said, Queen Latifah is uh, she's such an amazing. Her production company is amazing. It's amazing and inspiring what they're doing and what they're building. And um, I'm just blessed to be a part of all this and to um, be able to give what I give. You know, right? Yeah. So when when are you finally going to meet KD? I don't know, man. Somebody needs to tell. Somebody needs to tell me when we about to meet because <laughs> we haven't met yet. Um, I mean, you met his mom. I'm not sure. I, I believe I'll meet him, but I, I mean, I've met his mom numerous times, but I haven't met Kevin Durant yet. So we'll see. I mean, I felt I feel like I met him, but I haven't met him. Right. You meet his brother in, in the flesh, huh? Right. Did you meet his brother? No, I haven't met his brother. Okay. All right, all right. So, yeah, nice all right, so you you guys are gonna make that happen. Yeah, man. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to see who do I who who do I need to who who do I need to talk to? <laughs> tweet him. I guess his mom. Huh? Tweet, yeah, tw- tweet at him. Yeah, right. Oh, maybe that's, that's, you know what? That's a good idea. Yeah, tweet at him. See what happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to one of the stars of the real MVP. The Wanda Durant story actor Daniel Bellamy, who plays Kevin Durant on that great movie. So now, I mean, where can fans connect with Daniel Bellamy? Where where can fans connect with you? I mean, you can find me on my Instagram, uh, Danny Boone one o three, D A N N Y B O O N E one o three. I mean, I'm posting on Snapchat. I think it's the same. Um, the same uh, name, Danny Bone One Hundred and Three, and you know, follow follow the grind, follow you know, follow the journey. We're out here doing for this. sure. Everybody's you know, we're all trying to get somewhere. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So right. so fans again support this man doing big things on the real MVP, the Wanda Durant story. Make sure you check your local listings for the date and time when that movie airs again. It's a big time movie. This guy did big time things in the movie. And this man is actor Daniel Bellamy. Daniel, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish oh, you thank you. And make sure you can luck. you can also look at it, um, look at the movie online. It's on Lifetime. It's streaming, so you can check it out there okay. too. So also go go to Lifetime's website and make sure you check it out there. So you got a lot of places to see this movie. So no excuses to go check out my no man excuses. Daniel Bellamy. So yeah. Support all the great things with Daniel Bellamy, Daniel. Pleasure, man. Let's do it again. Hey, I appreciate it. Yes, very soon. Actor Daniel Bellamy. Pleasure talking to Daniel. Wish him nothing but the best of luck moving forward. He he did a big-time job in that particular movie. Great movie, inspirational movie. And shout-out to Mama Durant, Kevin Durant's mother, Wanda, who, you know, did a good job with KD. You know, it's never easy to, to raise a child by yourself. And she did it. She made it happen. And she did big things. And so kudos to her for that.
Let's go back to Steph Curry. You know, T-Mac talking about the league is watered down. Steph Curry winning the MVP unanimously. You know, we we had a situation. Remember back in 2000, Shaq? It's kind of hard to believe that a guy like Michael Jordan's never won it unanimously or, you know, it's kind of amazing. But you look at last time it was pretty close, what, Shaq back in 2000? I mean, Steph Curry, first person to ever do it. But Steph Curry, I mean, Shaq, got 120 of the 121 votes from the panel. Only difference, the only person was Fred Hickman. I remember it at the time because he picked Allen Iverson. And it was a big buzz about why he picked Allen Iverson, so on and so forth. It was it was ridiculous, obviously, because that was Shaq's season. And you look at Michael Jordan back in 1996, you would have, think, you would have thought that he would have won the whole, you know, unanimously all all the voters involved, you would think he would have got 100% of the votes. I don't know. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but, anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't – we've seen a lot of people try to take away I, I, what I feel is taken away from such a great season that Steph Curry had. I mean, we've never seen anybody shoot the basketball the way Steph Curry's shooting it. We, we, we've never seen it. I mean, you know, for all the things that Michael Jordan has done, all the great things that a lot of players have done over the years, we, I mean, we, we've never seen a guy shoot the basketball like this. We, we, we've never seen a guy his size dominate. Well, we have seen guys his size dominate, but it, it just does it in an, I don't want to say effortless manner, but it's just like, it's very video game like, you know, just the way he shoots the ball is like video game like. It's like he's just making like ridiculous shots. But he averaged, he almost we went up almost six points per game. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And you know, he only two more shots. He he averaged two more shots in these in terms of attempts. But he got fifty percent from the field. This is a dude that shoots eleven times from three point from downtown. That's impressive. 45% from three-point lane, 90% from the free-throw line. Oh, by the way, six assists and five boards. I mean, those are do-it-all type of numbers. And we can knock them because of the era he played in, but we've never, no matter what era of basketball you've seen, watched, you've never seen a guy shoot the rock the way Steph Curry shoots the rock. We, we've never seen it. The way he does it off the dribble is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And so you could say, you know, they could say this is because of watered-down NBA and all the other mess. Sure, fine, whatever. But we ain't, we we seeing some things that we ain't seen before. Come on. T-Mac ain't never done it. Heck, T-Mac only what? Only one or like one playoff series in his whole career? I mean, T-Mac was great. But he ain't won the way Steph has. I mean, he had some good years, but they weren't. They didn't translate to championships. Not all his fault, of course. But I think you know you, you start to sound ridiculous, and you know you, you could. I feel like it's you, you're taken away from the greatness of Steph Curry. You, you, you're taken away from what he brought to the table this year. What a, I mean, no one has won. In the regular season, the way his team has won, no one has. 
73 wins, coming off 67 wins a year ago. I don't think this proves the NBA is watered down. Here's here's T-Max quotes. For him to be the first player to get this unanimously, I think it just shows you how watered down our league is. He went on to say seriously, because if you think about MJ plays Shaq, and I mean Shaq, I mean those guys really played against top-notch competition. More superstars, I think, on more teams than it is in our league today, but it's well-deserved, I mean, because he had a hell of a season. I mean, whatever. What are you saying? What are you saying? I know Barkley said Kawhi Leonard and, and, and LeBron James are better all-around players than Steph Curry. That might be true. But at the end of the day, Steph Curry's having a huge, huge impact. You know, whatever, he's having a huge impact on his team, a huge impact on this league, and his numbers that he's putting up is ridiculous. Crazy. Best shooter of all, greatest shooter of all time. The greatest shooter of all time. The greatest off-the-dribbled shooter I've ever seen in my life. Special, man. The year he had was special. The year Golden State had, special. But even with all the special that we're talking about, at the end of the day, the Golden State Warriors, if they want this 73 to mean a thing, they're going to have to get that ring, and it's going to be very difficult getting past OKC. And it's also going to be very difficult uh, to beat the Cavaliers. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be fun. They're going to, if they win this championship, they're going to most definitely earn it. They're going to most definitely earn this championship, meaning the Golden State Warriors. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like. That should be fun, man. Can't wait to see that one. Let's go to the NFL. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy now. And informs teams that he's in counseling, getting some therapy, and trying to get some help. And, and so, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, um, Greg Hardy is what? Took place and took part in 24 psychiatric therapy sessions. And it's continuing to get to treatment and continuing to get evaluated along the way. But you know what? This is kind of... This is not kind. This is what Greg Hardy should have did from the beginning. He, what he, he should have did this from the beginning. I don't. He should have. What he should have did pretty much was like, yo. Not yo, but he could. He should have told the world that look, I'm getting help. I, I, I need help. I'm getting help. He, he should have just been a lot more contrite. He, he just came back and was just too arrogant. You you got to earn back the trust of the public, and then there's going to be a great portion of the public that will never trust you again or ever like you again. But you got to play the role, play the part, even if you don't mean it. And, and Greg Hardy didn't do a good job of that. He was arrogant. He was cocky. He had no level of sensitivity. None. You got general managers saying they're going to stay away from them, un, you know, unidentified general managers say they're going to stay away from them. And and you got to wonder, if he, is he worth it? I mean, he started out great with the Cowboys, and you know, the, and, but it wasn't, it, it seemed to be drama after drama after drama. It was just a lot of drama. And so with all the drama, he's not worth it. He, he's just not worth it. I mean, six sacks last season for the Cowboys, 
but seemingly a distraction. We see him on the sidelines barking and, you know, acting crazy, acting uncivilized, acting, acting ridiculous. I know it's the heat of the battle. I, 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 I get that. But my point is this. You're a guy, and, and Greg Hardy, from my standpoint, you know, you, you just had to do better. You, you, you just had to, to act the part a little better, even if you're not contrite, even if you don't care. You could have acted the part, man. You, you, you did that sit-down interview with ESPN, Adam Schefter, and you came off bad again. You, you just can't get it right. Your team, your plan of action should have been from the get-go. I'm getting help at this point in time. You know what I mean? I made some mistakes. I'm hoping that moving forward I can become a better person. And, you know, whoever I offended, whoever, you know, I, I did wrong to, you know, I'm sorry. And I hope to be better moving forward. I mean, he could have did that. I mean, it, it, it was pretty simple what the things that Greg Hardy could have done. I mean, it was very simple, the things he could have did. But he didn't. And he, he just took the wrong approach and the wrong route. And, and now that the approach that he took might keep him out of this league this season and maybe forever. Now, you know, NFL teams are always desperate for production. But it always comes down to this. Does your production meet? The possible distraction. I mean, does, does, does it is it does it make it worth the possible distraction? I don't know at this point if it does, and that's that, that's for for an individual team to figure out and, and see whether or not they have, you know, the support, the veterans around that can can you know keep Greg Hardy in order, keep Greg Hardy in line, keep keep Greg Hardy from from out of trouble. But you wonder now what's going to happen with Greg Hardy. Ray Rice still can't get a sniff, still can't get a shot. He's about to have another baby with his wife, Janae, but he still can't get a shot. And so, and I don't know when he's going to get a shot. I guess you, you would think, I don't know, fortunately for Greg Hardy, that this wasn't caught on video of any sort. But at the end of the day, it's still a tough situation. And I don't know if he'll ever get another opportunity. I don't know if Ray Rice will get another opportunity. And, you know, I've always been in favor of guys getting that second chance. You know, I've always been in favor of that. I've always thought that guys need an opportunity or deserve deserve another opportunity. Not deserve, maybe deserve is the wrong word. But they should be afforded the opportunity for another chance and to walk out their second chance. Greg Hardy did not walk his second chance outright. He just didn't do it. He didn't his didn't have enough production to act the way he did. It just didn't. And if he did, then he still might be with the Cowboys or still would or possibly be on another NFL roster at this point in time. But I don't know if that's coming anytime soon, if ever. But I'm I'm glad at the end of the day he is getting the help that he needs and, and maybe it'll help him moving forward. If it doesn't help him play football again, Maybe it'll help him become a better person, a better citizen, and just help him have a better quality of life. And that's all you can ever ask for is better, better, better. And hopefully he can get that better, better, better 
moving forward. We'll see. We'll most definitely see what happens with Greg Hardy and his story. But he's in counseling. He's getting help. And maybe that means another team will give him another opportunity in the 2016 NFL season. Second hour of Go For It starts right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. And we're back. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. And we're back. Second half hour, Go For It, starting right now. In this last half hour, we're expected to be joined by one of the stars of Chasing Waterfalls, the lovely the talented, the beautiful, joyful Drake will be joining us, and we're going to be talking to her. That should be a lot of fun, but she's going to be joining us uh, in the next few moments. And so we're going to talk, of course, Chasing Waterfalls, which airs this last weekend on TV One. Um, so fun, uh, good movie, good movie with a good message. And so you can't, you can't beat that. But she's going to be joining us any minute now. Tonight. In the NBA, Toronto, Miami Heat, Toronto has an opportunity to close this thing out. I don't think they will or he will, the the Raptors will close this out because, I I mean, it it takes a lot uh, to win a closeout game. That's always hard to close a team out. You got to come with your best, best effort. And that's what OKC did last night. They came out and they gave it to the Spurs, they took it to the Spurs. From the beginning to the end, and so you need that type of effort if you're Toronto, especially on the road. I mean, this is this is even you know this is bigger because you're on the road. So being on the road, you have to come up with with an extra extra special effort. You know, you your 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 intensity level, your focus has to be on point from the beginning. You got to get out there and really really play this thing, and and take and handle this game. Like it's the seventh game. You got to look at this as a game number seven, because anything can happen in a game seven. You don't want to ever get to the point where you're in a game seven because it's difficult. I mean, it's just too much that can happen on any given moment, any typical, any given game. Anything can happen. D Wade, you know, his ability and what he's done throughout the course of this series and his career, you know, he he can do some things, and you never want to be in a situation where D. Wade has an opportunity to get one game, and that one game could mean a 40-point outburst, and that one game could mean a steal for the uh, the Miami Heat in a Game 7 situation. So you don't want to be in a situation, and you don't want to be in a Game 7. You don't have to be. It's just not something you want to be a part of because too much can happen. It's only one game. One game. And so one game decides it all. Nobody wants that. You don't want that. And so we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens, but I think it is going to go seven. I don't think Toronto's going to close them out tonight. 
I think Miami's going to get this victory tonight. And I think it's going to go back to Toronto. It's going to be a game seven, and it's going to be a ruckus building. It's going to be a, a lot of uh, – Drake is going to be in the building, of course, doing his thing. And Toronto's going to be – that fan that fan base in Toronto is great. They, they, that fan base in Toronto is great. You know, people hanging out in Jurassic Park, jumping around. and That's a great, great fan base. I mean, they they really, really support the Toronto Raptors. It, it's good, man. That's a rabbit fan base. So they're they're, they're going to have to be ready though, because Toronto's going because OKC not OKC because your Raptors are going to need you come game number seven. They're going to need you because they're not winning tonight. So they're going to need you. So so get rested, get revved up, and get ready to go Toronto because on Sunday you're going to have to show up and show out if your boys want to move on. If you're if your boy if you want your boys to move on. You got to show up and show out. Otherwise, your boys could be going home. So, Toronto fans, get ready. Drake, get ready. Because they're going to need you come Sunday. They're going to need you because they ain't winning tonight. D-Wade and and, and the Miami Heat, Joe Johnson, those boys, they're going to get done. And so now you're going to have to get ready and head back up north. You the North, we the North, let's see what you're all about. Maybe they get it done tonight, maybe they don't. They don't, and they're going back to Toronto, and that's going to be fun. You always like Game 7s, the finality. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But let's switch gears now. We're going to bring in a, uh, somebody now who's doing, who did big things on Chasing Waterfalls, a movie on TV1 which aired last Mother's Day, all Mother's Day, uh, last Mother's Day, aired on Mother's Day itself. And she was a big part of this movie. We're going to bring her in now, actress Joyful Drake. Let's bring her in now, one of the stars of Chasing Waterfalls, Joyful Drake. Joyful, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, and Joyful, the movie Chasing Waterfalls, it, it premiered this weekend on TV One. Last weekend, I should say, on TV One. For those who missed out, tell them what they missed. <laughs> it was nice. It premiered on Mother's Day, something to watch with your mom or your aunt or whoever is that important woman in your life. Um, you know, it was a great story um, starring myself, Jasmine Guy, Drew Sedora. I played somewhat of the villain. Um, I say it was a modern-day take on um, the biblical story of David. Very, okay. very modernized. You, you, if you watched it, you wouldn't even know that that's what it was modeled after. So wow. it was cool. Mm-hmm. How do you like playing the villain? <laughs> I like it. It was fun. You know, it's always <laughs> cool to do something different and stretch and um, you know, I'm such a fun, happy, high-energy person. Like, to play the villain is um, always fun because it's different, and you get to get, you know, kind of inside of, um, you know, a, a darker character's head. Okay, okay. So what kind of buzz have you been receiving from this movie? Well, people have liked it, you know. Um, it's so funny because I have a huge family spread all across the country. 
um, and I have tons of friends, and, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so, um, you know, got some great fans and support out there. And, you know, people said they really liked it. They liked seeing me in a dramatic role, um, okay. you know. Um, they liked the twists and turns that all of the characters took in the film. And, you know, we had some veterans on set, um, Jasmine Guy, Tim Reed, who, I mean, they just show up and just, you see why they're, you know, been doing this for 30, 40 years. I mean, you just watch them and, you know, the levels they take their characters makes, you know, us like, you know, in awe. So we've been hearing really, really good responses. We did a um, press day with a bunch of um, bloggers and um, writers, and a few of them had the same question, asking, are you guys going to turn this into a, a series? They were asking the TV One execs. I could see this in a series, and I could, too. It could be really juicy and fun and sexy, um, you know, and also convey an important message. For sure. And, and, you, and you talk about the message. The message is, you know, sometimes people go through things, they chase things, they find the things that they chase, but in the process of chasing those things, they lose themselves. And let me ask you this. How do you stay grounded? Mm-hmm. I stay grounded by my mama. <laughs> um, you know, my parents instilled really strong values in me. I'm one of four girls, so I come from a pretty big family. And um, really keeping God first, uh, okay. you know, having love in your life. Um, you know, friends, family, who you know, and, and giving love and re- being open to receiving love. And, you know, just being thankful. Every day is a new day, and it's like, wow, what a blessing to do what I love. What a blessing to make a living doing what I love. So right. it's not really work. It's um, <laughs> something fun that I happen to get checked for. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great thing. That's most definitely right. a great thing. We're talking mm-hmm. to one of the stars of Chasing Waterfalls, Joyful Drake. And, and, and let me ask you this, how did you get the name Joyful? Where did that come from? My dad, my dad um, named me. Um, he was just inspired by me for some reason. You know, my sisters all have normal names. They're not adjectives, <laughs> yet here I am having this wonderful name to live up to. And, you know, I guess he knew something I didn't. <laughs> right. But um, it's it's my dad. He's the inspiration behind all of it. <laughs> was it fun having an adjective as a name? Is it fun? No, it was not fun. I hated it. I'd get teased a lot. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, for the longest, I would just say, call me Joy, call me Joy, call me Joy. And then, you know, okay. you hit 16, 17 years old, and you just get tired of saying it. And now everyone says, joyful, joyful. And so it it is what it is. Okay. All right. I, I got I to gotta ask you about Let's Stay Together. I mean, my wife was a big fan of that show, and there was Yay. a point in time we thought it was coming back. It wasn't coming back, and ultimately it did not come back. And you guys really didn't get that proper ending. Did, did that bother you, mm-hmm. bother you at all, not getting that proper ending? Um, of course. I think, you know, we all loved what we did. And, you know, bigger than just the show, you know, we were like family. You know, a lot of us on set were like friends and family. So, um, you know, and you fall in love with these characters, like all the characters you play, you love. Otherwise, you can't bring them to life, especially if it's a television character you've been playing for like four years. So I absolutely adore Tasha Woodson, Um, you know, and it's crazy. I think that was two years ago, and everyone still asks about that show. 
because it was fun. It was clean. It was you got to see, you know, us in a beautiful, um, positive light. It was a beautiful cast. Everyone in the show, male, female, was beautiful inside and out. And I just feel like um, for some reason people just connected to us. So who knows? Maybe BET will bring us back and do a Christmas special or something like that. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Would you be open to something like that? Um, it depends, you know, um, it depends where I'm at, what I'm working on. Um, right. You know, once you get it to things like that, if you're contract other networks and things like that, it's a lot of red tape to cut through. So, For sure. Yeah, For you sure. have to just see where everyone, especially with a cast as large as that, so you have to see, you know, that, that would be fun, um, but I'm sure it would be a little hard to do at this point since right. it's been, you know, two years. We're talking to Chasing Waterfall star, Joyful Drake, and, and Joyful, many moons ago, you were a dancer with the Milwaukee Bucks. You did that for a few years. I mean, that had to be a dream come true, considering you're a Milwaukee girl. Talk about that. That was so much fun. It was so funny because um, I danced right out of um, high school. I was in college, and I was a cheerleader all throughout high school. And then when I got to college, UW-Madison uh, Badgers, I decided, hey, I'm just going to try out for the NBA. I have no idea why, but I just said, I just, I'm going to do it. It looks fun. Oh, my gosh. Those girls work so hard. Like, I don't think you guys understand how many hours of intense rehearsal, workout, everything that those girls do. And right. it was so much fun. I made, you know, lifelong friends. The only problem was that the Bucks never really won. <laughs> <laughs> And that they never really won, you know. And you're like, <laughs> can y'all just like, get to the? Can y'all win? Just you know, a few games. It, 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 yeah. So the pay's not that great either, right? The pay isn't. Um, it's not your full time job. Like for me, I was a college student, so it was perfect. The cash I was making. Um, okay. Now, what people don't really know is that most of the women who are dancers. Um, on the, um, you know, NBA teams or even the um, NFL teams, they're professional women. They're, they're teachers. They're accountants. They're um, one girl on the squad. She was a radio um, DJ um, personality. So this is like a, a hobby for them, an extracurricular activity for them, okay. but they're all professional. They're all smart. A lot of them are moms and, you know, have husbands and lives outside of it. And, um, you know, I think they're very picky and strategic about who they pick because, you know, if you're in that arena or in that limelight, you meet a lot of different types of people and they want to make sure you right. can conduct yourself accordingly. So sure. it's not anything that, you know, you can make a career off of, but it is something very fun and it does pay you. Um, I'm sure it pays more now than when I was dancing. But um, okay. it, it, it's 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 so much fun. I, I go back home to Milwaukee, and I'm the the dancer that went to L.A. and made it. So I'm, <laughs> you know, talking to all the girls. And they're like, oh my gosh, I love you. And they're like 19, 20, just super cute. It's it's pretty cool. Craziest story. You, craziest story being the dancer for the Milwaukee Bucks. You got any crazy stories? The craziest. I got so many crazy stories, but I don't know if I can tell you. <laughs> I won't tell. I don't want to put it out there. I can't. I can't. Listen, 
I got, you know, I got a lot of cool pictures. When Kobe was retiring, um, I was going through, um, I, I have like this, it's called my life box, and it's huge. I have pictures in there since I was a baby. And I remember when Kobe and Shaq came, and I was dancing years ago, because um, I was 18 when I started dancing, years ago. Okay. And it was so, Shaquille O'Neal to this day is the only player that I remember who came out to practice because we all have to get there around five and we'd practice on the court and the guys would be practicing on the court, you know, too. So we'd have to share the court. He's the only player and probably the biggest player I've ever seen, but the only player who would shoot practice balls with a bodyguard. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why do you have a bodyguard? None of the fan- no one was in the building or the arena yet. But he had a bodyguard with him, and I thought that was pretty interesting because he's, like, the biggest, you know, guy. But um, it was funny because I was pulling out different pictures, and I had this picture with Kobe and Shaq, and, of course, many moons ago, so they were both super young, and I was super young. And I was like, wow, this is, one, you know, one of his first years into the league. Um, so that was kind of cool. But um, I got great stories, you know. <laughs> But I'm not going to share them. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm right. in trouble. Got you. Got you. Fair enough. We're mm-hmm. talking to one of the stars of Chasing Waterfalls, Joyful Drake. And, and, and let me ask you this now. The NBA playoffs are going on right now as we speak. A lot of great things going on. Steph Curry winning the MVP. Ultimately, the Warriors, they move on. you got OKC in San Antonio. The Cavaliers are sweeping through everybody at this point. Let me ask you this. Who do you feel like mm-hmm. at the end of the day is going to get it done? Who's going to win it all? I Well, okay. i tell you one thing. I'm pretty sure we're going to have um, part two of what we saw last year. I hope um, so. Golden State, Golden State versus LeBron. And I love me some Steph Curry. I love the Warriors. Um, you know, what they can do as a team, they, they are one of the best teams I have seen and um, I, I can't even recall when, but watching them is electrifying, um, effortless, and they're a team. What is so cool about them, and, you know, I'm a sports girl, huge Green Bay Packers fan, by the way, but sports girl. <laughs> so everything I do is team-oriented. There is no I in team. If I'm on a set, we're in this together. It doesn't matter who the lead is. Okay. It doesn't matter who the extra is. It doesn't matter who's on craft services. Like, we can't do what we do without everyone. So the coolest thing about Golden State is that they're like a team. Like you don't see any egos. And it was like what they were able to do while Steph was hurt and let him rest. Like you see how good everybody is. Um, For sure. But (laughs) I don't think LeBron's going to lose two years in a row. (laughs) Don't think so. Okay. I, I, I love the Warriors. But I think LeBron James, I think this is his year. I just think it is. All right, so we'll we'll put you down for the Cavaliers, correct? Yeah, I'm going for I'm going for King James, sure am. I'm I'm okay. I'm a Midwest girl, you know, at right, heart okay. still. So since the Bucks aren't in it, I guess Cleveland's my next best choice. <laughs> So the Cleveland Cavaliers will get it done when it's all said and done, correct? Just, just yeah, so we, we got it down. Okay, all right, Cavaliers, get I it done. Golden, we show. Go ahead. I think Golden State's going to play Oklahoma, and I think um, that's going to tire them out a little. Um, all right. And I think that Cleveland, you know, is going to give us 
a good show with Toronto, but ultimately I think they, I don't know if they'll sweep them, but um, I don't see them letting Toronto win more than two games. And yeah, that's fair. I agree. I agree with that. And I, I don't think mm-hmm. there's no team in the East that can beat the Cavaliers. No team. So no, it, it should all. be fun. It most definitely should be fun. Let's let's, let's, really let's talk about your Packers real quick. Let's talk about your okay. Packers. I mean, it, it it ended in OT on one oh, Saturday, not- January sixteenth oh. against the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> um, this. Mm, were you happy see, with this the radio season? interview because? This radio interview is going really well until you brought that up because that's the second year in a row, second year that we lost in OT and didn't get the ball. You know that, right? I, I do know that. I do know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's tough. That is tough. But you got to stop oh, them from scoring tough. a touchdown. Uh, you know, here's my biggest thing. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. He's awesome. And when Jordy Nelson got hurt um, during preseason, earlier, um, you know, this past season, I knew it was going to be tough for us. The brilliant thing about Rodgers, (laughs) first of all, that Hail Mary pass. (laughs) That was special. Uh, The Detroit game. Whoa, I mean, talk about, like, giving us a show all year. He, He didn't really have an offensive like, he didn't have a big offensive weapon. Like, I didn't even know who um, Rodgers was who caught the, the, the ball until he caught the ball. I was like, who is that? Right? Oh, okay. Like, you had never really heard of him before. So, right. my thing is, Aaron Rodgers has been doing this, I don't want to say by himself, but he hasn't really had the squad around him that, you know, some of the other teams have had. And hopefully if we sure. can build up, you know, our wide receivers and um, Eddie Lacy kids, you know, stay healthy and, um, you know, stay consistent. Um, and you know, stop we'll eating. Stop eating. Stop eating. You know, we can get back to I'm not. I'm not going to call them out like that. I'll let you do that. But, um, you know, <laughs> we can get back to, you know, being the champions that we are. Right. For sure. I mean, here's the thing with the Green Bay Packers. I think any time you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you always got a shot. So every year you guys come in to this thing thinking we got a shot because we got one of the best players in football. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time to be a Packers fan, and I can't say they can't get back to the Super Bowl because, again, they have Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we you talk about the way it ended this year. You had to be super sick the way it ended two years ago against the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. Well, you know what? Let's just say I think Seattle uh, <laughs> would hear say, I guess God was in a uh, – what was him and Russell Wilson going back and forth about um, he was a Packer fan that night. Um, anyway, um, I think that they kind of did their thing and had their time, and I was very sick about it, did not like Seattle at all, and it was fun, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but it was fun nice and nice to see them unravel this year. It was it was beautiful. Because I'll tell you one thing, they have so much talent on that on that team. They have so much talent. It was mind boggling um to see them fall apart like that. But I think if you want to compare teams like in different genres, 
you could see where they weren't a cohesive team. They weren't on the same page. You right. could see they had a lot of eyes in their team. And it showed because, you know, the talent that they had, they shouldn't have lost um, all the games. But, of course, you know, they started off without their star. So I think it just yeah. – they were always trying to play catch-up. For sure. And and I, I can see the Doreen coming out of you right now. I mean, the evil <laughs> side of you coming out right now. I mean, the villain <laughs> side of you wishing bad on the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. I know. Isn't that horrible? Because I'm not even that person. But I was like, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mr. Do-Gooder, Mr. All of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. What is uh, Stephen A. Rough Riders? Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to, to, to see them, you know take a back seat and, and, you know, kind of, I guess, lose unfairly as well. <laughs> it happens. It's a part of the game. But it all evens out uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this now. Obviously, you're doing big things with Chasing Waterfalls. What else is going on with actress Joyful Drake? Well, a lot of things are going on. It is actually um, pilot season, episodic season. So, you know, the job of an actor, <laughs> you're always um, meeting and auditioning for new roles. So a lot of that is happening. Um, it's a, a great time to be an uh, actress of color, ethnic, African-American, with big curly hair or however you want to be because <laughs> I feel like Hollywood is now, you know, embracing us as we are, you know, instead of trying right. to make us fit in the box that they've created, they're realizing that that box is too small, and they're, you know, really looking for ethnic talent. So, you know, I've done a lot of um, drama work this year. I did a movie earlier in, I believe it was January, February, that's going to air on BET, um, and I did this movie, Chasing Waterfalls, that airs on TV, air on TV One, and I'm sure they're going to be replaying it, and I been working on Jane the Virgin, on the CW. So it's interesting. Now it feels like I feel like I'm leaving the comedy genre and focusing more on drama. So um, we'll see, you know, what happens there, and I'll keep you guys posted. But they can always follow me and catch up with me on Instagram at Joyful Drake, and um, I'm also on Twitter if, if anyone okay. still uses that. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So it does help to have a little Indian and you, you got that little Indian hair thing going on, so that definitely does help you, no doubt. <laughs> I am. My grandmother was Chafwa Indian. My grandfather was French and black, so I'm a mixture of Chafwa, French, and um, African-American. Like, I'm sure a lot of people out here mixed with, you know, everything. <laughs> For sure. So you got the best of all worlds. Yeah, until my hair gets super frizzy and you can't comb it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, fans, as she said, hit her up on Twitter, at Joyful Drake, on Instagram, at Joyful Drake. Support all the great things going on with the lovely, the talented, and the beautiful actress, Joyful Drake. Joyful, it was a pleasure mm-hmm. talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. And if you guys miss Chasing Waterfalls, it will air again on TV One. You can go to TVOne.com and check it out. They replay a lot of their movies, and it's a really good, powerful. Um, um, everyone in it did a really good job. Um, so I hope you get to check it out. And thank you. It was fun talking about sports. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm like pumped now. I have to go run off some of this energy. <laughs> Next time, you got to give us a story. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> 
care. <laughs> All right. Best of luck to you. Bye. Actress Joyful Drake. Pleasure talking to her. Again, make sure you check out Chasing Waterfalls on TV One. Like she says, they air a bunch of different times. So make sure you check your local listings for the date and time that it airs. And also, make sure you support all the great things going on with Joyful Drake. I, I want to thank Daniel Bellamy from jo- for joining us. Uh, make sure you-, you check out that movie, uh, The Real MVP, The Wanda Durant Story. Make sure you check it out and, and support all the th- great things going on with Daniel Bo- Daniel Bellamy. can't even talk. Also want to thank Joyful Drake for stopping by. Also want to thank... Rider University Assistant Basketball Coach Marlon Gill for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash began where you can listen to this show and other great shows. You can also hit us up on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Like us on Facebook at GoForItGant, www.facebook.com slash GoForItGant, again, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Go for a Gant, where you can support all the great things going on with Paul Gant, and go for it and, you know, continue to support us. We're trying to do. Not trying. We're doing big things. We just want to do bigger things. So, again, check us out, support us, and listen. And to all, to all the great things going on with Go For a Gant and Paul Gant, and all the great things going on with Go For It again. Follow me on Twitter at Go For It Gant, G O F O R I T G A N T. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Go For It Gant, G O F O R I T G A N T. Again, we talk sports. We have fun doing it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.